Welcome to episode 30 of the Valley Sports Talk podcast. Big 30. Uh, almost 30, and we, it's almost been a year. February 2nd is when we posted our first one. Oh, yeah? Um, it was going over Super Bowl predictions from last year. Oh, I guess that's right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's about this time. Um, going over today's um, sort of <coughs> agenda, uh, we're going to talk a bit about hockey to start off, and then by the end we'll get into football, and we'll bring on a guest for the football predictions. You know him very well. Um, <laughs> Had to bring him in for episode 30. Unfortunately, you know him very well. Yeah. For uh, you guys. We're going to start off. Uh, me and Brandy's got two NHL season overreactions, basically just an overreaction based off this season. Uh, segment two, we're going to, we graded every NHL team and then we gave one surprising or disappointing player for the team. Um, for this week, we'll, we're doing Atlantic and Metro. And then segment three, we will be doing our NFL round two predictions. Um, Brandon went five for five. Let's I went go. four for five. Not uh, surprising. Damn, whatever. I beat you as well. Um, there's four games this week, so we'll jump to those at the end. But without further ado, we'll jump into our NHL season overreactions. Um, so my first NHL overreaction, and this might be because I'm a Leafs fan and I've always hated the Bruins, but there's a lot of talk now that Tuka Rask is back in a Bruins jersey, that um, they are going to climb the standings and become one of the top teams in the NHL. Um I think this is an overreaction. Um, Tuca is obviously a great goalie, but he's getting up there in age. Um, yeah, I think he is up there in age. Yeah, I, I think the Bruins uh, are sort of like the Oilers in the fact that they rely on on one line to be successful, um, and that one line's getting older. Although they're still producing, they are getting old. Um, so I still think the Boston Bruins are a very good hockey team, but I don't think they're as good as. Um, the media is presenting them to be with Tuca back. Uh, my first overreaction is that the Pacific Division could be the most competitive or best division in NHL. Um, if you look at the Pacific Division right now, I'll just pull up the stats um, real quick. In the NHL, it is very close between... Uh, Frank, where did that go? It's very close between like one and even down to seven, you could say, has a chance right now. Uh, it goes Golden Knights, Kings, Ducks, Sharks, Flames, Oilers, Canucks. They're all uh, separated by about 11 points from first to seventh. Um, I think this is overreaction because I don't think, I only think about maybe one of those teams is actually a good team, um, being the Golden Knights. I don't think the Kings are a good team. Uh, I don't think the Ducks, I don't think the Sharks don't think the Flames, I definitely don't think the Oilers, and I don't think the Canucks, I don't think any of those teams are really Stanley Cup contenders, but yet all of them relatively have a chance at making the playoffs right now in that competitive but crappy Pacific Division. So that's my overreaction. I definitely have to agree. Like, I'm looking at the standings as well, and, and if you're just looking at the California teams, like the Kings are second in the division with only a plus-eight goal differential. The Ducks have a zero goal differential. The Sharks have, have a negative nine. Um... So I think there are some teams that are overperforming in that one. And you can sure. also definitely say that Calgary should be up higher because they've only played 34 games due yeah. to COVID outbreaks. Um, so, and by the way, the way they're playing, they probably would be in third or second right now if they were to play all the, the, the same games as every other team. So you could put that in there too. I don't know, even though they're on a four-game losing <laughs> right now, apparently. Um, mine is sort of sticking in that division, but I stuck with uh, one team. Although I don't like the Edmonton Oilers as well, I also um, am a realist, and there's a lot of people with this uh, losing streak that they're on. They're currently on a six-game losing streak. Um, a lot of questions are, are the Edmonton Oilers good enough to make the playoffs? Um, and I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. Just like Noel was saying, this division is um, pretty weak in both of our opinions. And... Um, and they've played less games than all the California teams, and they McDavid and them will find ways to win, whether we like it or not, even though we don't believe in them. They will make the playoffs, in my opinion, um, over any of the uh, California teams. So I I'll think that's a little I'll bit actually, I'll actually disagree with you on that. I do not okay. believe that they're going to make the playoffs. No? So I don't they're, they're, whenever you have Tyson Berry and Duncan Keith as your shutdown D pair, okay. things are wrong. 
Whenever you have Stuart Skinner and Mike Smith as your starting goalies, <laughs> things are wrong. Whenever you have Ryan Picklick, who you just picked up on waivers on starting on your second line, things are very wrong. Oh, the, um, I'm not saying the Oilers are good. That's no, for I know. Sure. I just they, I, I don't think that they're going to make a playoff. The only reason I think they're going to make the playoffs is because three teams you think, in you each think division I, I are would guaranteed. Agree that, I would agree that I could see the three the three um, California teams all dropping off. Me too, and that's the problem. Like this division's so bad. Like, look at the first. First, the top three teams in the division on a losing streak. Team in fourth is a, on a one game, and then the next two are on a losing streak. <laughs> this division's terrible. The whole West, <laughs> I think we can say, other than about three teams is pretty bad. Like, yeah. the only teams I would consider good in this division, Predators are playing very well, which I, I did not great. notice. Me neither. I didn't. Um, well, I, 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 I've never, I, I can't say I've watched a single Predators game all year. <laughs> um, the only teams that are, I would consider good, and I guess, would be the Blues, the Avalanche, the Preds, I guess you could say. I would con- uh, consider the Wild, but they're I playing. I like Minnesota. Because um, they've only played 34. And then the Knights, Golden Knights. Those are the only teams, uh, I think. And speaking of divisions, my second overreaction is that the Red Wings are going to make a playoff push. Um, I'm saying this as an overreaction because I disagree with it. Um, as of right now, they are five games... Uh, Five games behind Boston, but they also have five games um, games played over them. Boston is 35, where Detroit has 40. Uh, in the East, it's really a, uh, an eight-team an eight race, being um, Panthers, Lightning, Leafs, Bruins, and then Rangers, Canes, Pens, Capitals. Uh, after the Capitals in the Metro, it drops off um, substantially. And after the Red Wings, who are five points, but have also four more, five more games, in hand than the Bruins, it drops off even more substantially than the Metro. Yeah. Um, I think lots of people are seeing that the Reddings, they are playing good hockey, but they have a negative 22 goal differential still. And like I said, the main factor of why I think it's no reaction is that they have five games more than the Bruins. Yeah, I think what people are looking at is the point differential, how it's only like a five-point difference. But the thing I don't think people are quite noticing is they've only played four, they've played 40 games already only have 40 points they're basically on pace for an 82 80, point 82 season, point season. And which will not make the playoffs that's not a play you need like a count to 90 85 at yeah. least at least yeah and like you're hoping you're in. hoping to make a wild card with and especially like noah said with the top four in the atlantic and the top four in the metro pulling away as they are like for the red wings to catch the bruins they're five behind and to catch the capitals they're already 10 points behind and that's for wild card and that and they, they have they, they have and they've played one at least, game they yeah. have one game in hand of the capitals and they're 10 points behind yeah, that's what i mean <laughs> they're they're not making the red no I that's agree. my old reaction i have to agree. uh okay those are some pretty good overreactions. reactions actually talked a bit more than i thought about them um got us really <laughs> talking hockey a bit get us back into the mindset of the podcast game uh moving into our second segment we're going to be grading uh Atlantic and Metro teams, and then we're going to give you one surprising or one disappointing player. Um, we'll start with the Atlantic. Um, I did rank them how they are seated right now as of January 18th uh, is when we were recording this. This isn't coming out till the uh, 21st, 22nd. Uh, I, think I, I think I got that right. Friday the 22nd, I hope. Probably. Um, uh, starting off with Florida. Florida can, currently is 26-7-5 for 57 points. I personally gave them an A rating. I did not give a single team an A-plus rating because I don't think every team is perfect. Um, Disappointing, I actually said no one. I couldn't really find um, anyone that really wasn't playing well on that team. And then for surprising, I gave it to Bobrovsky. Um, Coming off his season last year, he didn't play very well, and all of a sudden he comes back this year, and I think he has a below 2.5 goals against average and above a 9.2 save percentage. Um, I think people were kind of leaning towards the Panthers starting Spencer Knight this year, and Bobrovsky said, no, I'm, I'm keeping that starting job. Yeah, I also, I gave uh, Florida an A+. Um, I think people expected the Panthers to be good, but I don't think they expect them to be this good. Uh, as the time of recording, like Noah said, they're 26, 7, and 5. They already have a 47-goal uh, differential. This team's playing outstanding hockey, and there's not a lot of holes in their game. Um, my surprising player is also Bobrovsky, just because if you remember last year in the playoffs, um, in that series against Tampa, in a three-game stretch, they used three different goalies because they couldn't find one um, that they could rely on in that series. Um, and Bobrovsky has just come came out and showed that he's worth the money 
uh, he's been making uh, going. He's this year. He's been on an unbelievable pace. He's nineteen three and three, which is just ridiculous. Nine twenty one save percentage. Um, my disappointing player this year has got to be Owen Tippett, just because uh, he's had a few years. Uh, he's been drafted in twenty seventeen, tenth overall. He's had a few years to sort of develop, and it just hasn't really worked out for him. Um, 33 games, 11 points isn't terrible, but for a 10th overall draft pick being drafted uh, four years ago, five years ago, you think he would have developed a little bit more than that. Um, moving down to Tampa, Tampa is 26-9-5 with 57 points. Uh, again, it took me a bit of uh, an effort to sort of find a disappointing player you could throw Kucherov in here but because he's been hurt but at the same time he's played eight games has 13 points so you can't really say he's um really disappointing but mine's going to be um Anthony Sorelli um second line center um under 10 11 points per game sorry he has got he's got 35 games played 24 points um you just would, I would kind of expect more you know playing with Stamkos on that line he would be getting a lot more assists because he only has 13 this year um but at the same time like I said 24 and 35 isn't terrible for a second line center, especially a defensive minded one like Sorelli. Um, obviously, he plays the PK and stuff like that, and he's still got a plus a plus minus uh, at eight. Um, I just thought the point totals were kind of uh, disappointing, in my opinion. And then for surprising, I have Steven Samkos. Um, you know, the guy had a pretty down year last year. He still scored goals, he was hurt. Um, and then all of a sudden, he's leading the team in points. And the thing that surprised me the most is that he has. 10 more assists than he does goals for. Uh, I'm pretty sure all, most of his good seasons, he had more goals than he did assists. So it seems like Stammer's moving the puck more instead of just being that power play one-timer threat. Um, I also considered putting Kalorn in here because I think he's a great second uh, second liner that kind of goes with Stamkos. And he's only He's got 36 points in 40 games played. Um, but at the same time, this is the Lightning. I think there's definitely more than possible chance that they go 3 P by the way they're playing. Um, I gave Tampa an A uh, for a lot of the reasons Noah said. Oh, I, I didn't feel give like a grade. What was your grade? A minus. A minus. Yeah, I gave him an A. I feel like uh, obviously if if Kucherov is there, they're probably they're without Kucherov, they they're tied for uh, the most amount of points in the NHL. So they're definitely fine. Um, it just shows how good of a hockey team they can do it two years in a row without him. He's back now, and he had a hat trick, I think, in his I second did, game yeah. back or something like that. So I only gave him an A plus because they weren't healthy. A minus, if, like yeah. A, or a yeah. minus if they're healthy, they easily would have been. In, I think they would have been in first place in this division easily yeah. if they had um, Kucherov all year. Hundred um, percent. So my uh, surprising player is Alex Kalorn, like Noel was mentioning a little bit. Uh, over his career, he's only got uh, over 45 points two times. So he's he's been a solid NHL player his whole career. Um, just just about a 40 40 point guy. But this year, through 40 games, he already has 34 points. He's uh, on 36. pace. 36. You looked at you said 10. Penalty. Oh, penalty. Sorry, I was looking at penalty minutes. He's got 36 points in 40 games already this year, which he's definitely on pace for a career year at this age of 32. Is pretty crazy. Um, my disappointing player. Uh, is Brian Elliott. I know he hasn't played a lot, um, but that's why he's my disappointing player. Obviously, he's a backup to arguably the best, the, NHL, best the, the best NHL, the best goalie in the NHL. But the reason you sign a veteran guy like this is because he's been through it all. He knows he knows the ups and downs of a season, and he's supposed to be giving rest to Vasilevsky, but he's been playing so poor. He's got an under 900 save percentage, 2.8 goals against. And the goals against isn't bad. It's no, the, the goals against, the but the save, save percentage, percentage is brutal. Bad. And the reason he's on this team is to give Vasilevsky rest, and they haven't been able to do that because of his play, so that's why he's my disappointing player. Uh, moving on to Brandon's favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they have a record of 24-9-3 for 51 points. I, I gave him a B plus because I think they could be playing better than the record even shows, um, given the players on this team. Disappointing. Um, I went with Marner just because he's been hurt, and even whenever he has been out there, he hasn't been great. Um, 27 games played, 23 points. Um, he's always been uh, over an, over a point per game player his whole career, I'm pretty sure, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um, and you just expect more out of a guy getting paid 10 mil. Um, but at the same time, they're still winning games, still lost to Matthews. And some other guys, the guy, two guys who I have are surprising, one being William Nylander. Um, he's a point per game player right now. Um, people were two years ago. People thought that he was one of the most overrated players in the league, 
and he sort of like shrugged that aside and said, no, I'm, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. William Nealander Neal. Um, <laughs> real deal James Neal. <laughs> um, he's proven to people that he's the same deal. And one guy that I had no faith in coming into this season has got to be Jack Campbell. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the podcast before. Coming Multiple into this seasons. season, I did not believe that he was a starting goalie. And right now, he is consider, uh, easily top three in Vesna um, candidates. He's got a 2.13 goals against average and a 931 save percentage with four shutouts. Uh, that's in 28 games played. Um for a record of 19 and five. Um, being a backup his whole career, he never really had the chance being behind Jonathan Quick, who's probably one of the better goalies of this um, decade. He never had the chance. He was a high draft pick. I believe he was a first round draft pick. He was, um, he was 11th overall. Yeah, exactly, 11th overall. And he just got to sit beside um, Quick all this, all this time. And all of a sudden he gets traded to the Leafs and then he's behind Anderson. And now he finally gets his, uh, his time to shine. Um, Here's another thing. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, the Leafs do not, will not have the money to pay him, unfortunately. Probably not. So I don't know what the Leafs' um, goaltending situation will look like at the end of the year. But uh, for this year, he's been amazing. He's a good lad. He's signing a one-year, one-mil dollar. <laughs> um, mine's, mine's pretty similar to Noah. I got a B-plus for the Leafs. Um, I feel like they, they didn't start off hot at the beginning of the season. The record is very good, uh, I believe fifth overall in the NHL, but it could be better, like Noah was saying. Um, I'm going to ride the same uh, ship that Noah was on and say that Campbell's my most surprising guy for basically all the same reasons. He told you the stats. Um, there were a lot of question marks about him, and he's, he's definitely answered them all. Um, my disappointing player for the Leafs has got to be Nick Ritchie. Um, I forgot about him. Nick Ritchie, he was signed to be to play to fill that like Zach Hyman role, um, top six for sure. At the start of the year, he was playing first line with Marner and Matthews. Um, looked great in the preseason. He looked great in the preseason, but he's he's played thirty three games, two goals, nine points. Uh, he's a minus six. He's gone from playing on the first line of the Maple Leafs to being a healthy scratch every second game. Um, so it really hasn't worked out. For Zaha, uh, for Nick Ritchie, Nick unfortunately. Um, next team moving along, we have the Boston Bruins, who we already kind of talked about rec- um, their point dif- their points wise, but we'll go over it again. They're twenty two eleven and two for forty six points. Um, I gave them a B minus just because, like Brand said, I think you could consider them to be a one sort of line um, monster. But even then, um, Taylor Hall has played pretty well this year, uh, and as well as Charlie Coyle. And then their defense is um, pretty solid, in my opinion. My disappointing player, however, is Nick Foligno. Um, 23 games played, one goal, six points for a negative six. Being a guy that got dra- got traded for a first-round pick last year um, to the Leafs, obviously. Brandon would know a lot about that. <laughs> He's obviously done nothing. He was one of the bigger names that was going around in free agency this year. And for him to come out here and not put 23 points or 23 games and only six points... Um, for someone who a couple years ago was a top fifty player in the league, um, it's pretty disappointing. And then I couldn't really, I didn't really have a, like a there wasn't really a surprising player because they're all sort of like doing what they did. No, I couldn't find. So I, I just threw Charlie McAvoy in there because he's been um, for the, some of the Bruins games I have watched. He's been great on the defensive side. He sort of took over that Tory Krug role um, where he's the the power play D, um, and he still gets his points to the D man. He's got twenty three and thirty two games, so he's. Only nine games. He hasn't had a point. Um, five goals, 18 assists, and his plus, mi- his plus minus is 10. Um, it took me, like I said, it was kind of uh, hard to find a really surprising player on this team because they're just all sort of doing what they usually are supposed to do. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of the same. I gave Boston a B. Um, I couldn't really find anybody that was surprising. Like Noah said, the top guys are producing like you would expect. I gave it to uh, Lena Solmark. Um, his record isn't isn't through the roof. It's thirteen and five with a nine eighteen save percentage. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, but I mean, his record wasn't as good as the start of the season. Boston's been on a roll lately, and he's been the one winning all the games. Um, his record has improved over the last two weeks uh, greatly, and as the season's gone on, um, he's played a lot better. Um, my disappointing player has got to be Jake DeBrus just because he was a first round pick a couple years ago. He was kind of, he's my same sort of pick as like Owen Tippett uh, for Florida. He's been in the league for now, 
uh, five years. He's definitely had he's had opportunities um, and it just hasn't worked out for him. He's played 30 games this year. He's got 10 points. He's a minus three. Um, he, it wasn't didn't really he hasn't turned out yet anyways to the player people kind of thought he would be so he's my disappointing player Definitely up there uh next the red wings they're 18 17 and 5 for 41 points I actually gave them an a because i think it's a step in the right direction for them um over the past like three four years they've been on bottom feeders and i think just them being having an over 500 record is a step forward in their rebuilding process uh maybe it's a bit generous with that but um so be it my disappointing has got to be philip zadina uh he was a top uh i believe he was top five top five yeah um brandon pulled up in a minute i got him um, six overall six overall in what 18 18 yeah six overall in 18 and he has got 11 points in 38 games people were expecting a big jump from this year um minus 16 yeah um <laughs> he just he has not been what they thought they were getting out of him at six overall um however my surprising what they didn't think they were getting um i have two i think brandon has the same i was kind of peeking over it's lucas <laughs> Ray. the rookies lucas raymond and mo sider um mo sider got drafted six overall in 19, 19 i believe yeah, I and people so. that was people there was a reach at the time people were saying why is why is uh who's their dm lidstrom no, uh, no it's uh i don't know Eiserman. Yes, Eiserman. That's such a stupid. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. they were saying, why is he trading up? Uh, why is he taking this guy? He could have traded back for him. Um, but I guess Eiserman saw what the NHL seen this year. He's got twenty five and forty games, twenty two assists, um, ten power play points. Um, so he kind of leads that power play. And then Lucas Raymond, who could all could be the Calder uh, winner for the year. He's got thirty two points in forty games, eleven goals, twenty one assists. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really thought that he was going to even make the roster this year. Um, and he's sort of broken onto the scene and become one of the stars in uh, a very promising young Detroit team. So, yeah, mine's pretty similar to Noah other than I gave the Red Wings a C+. Um, I agree with all the things Noah said in that um, it's good to see the Red Wings uh, playing some meaningful hockey again. Um I, I totally agree where, like, they got a very dangerous team in the future. If we're talking about future, I'd probably give them an A+. Plus. Um, but like we said a little earlier in the podcast, we both don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, and for a team like this, they could probably use uh, another good draft pick. And being on one of the first teams to not make it, their draft pick isn't going to be very high. Um, so it's kind of a waste of a season almost. Um, my surprising people and disappointing people are rookies because that's basically all that's on this team. Um, my surprising is Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider, just like Noah was talking about. Um, they've both been playing amazing. And then my disappointing is Philip Zadina, like Noah said as well, and also Joe Valeno, who is another first-round pick by Detroit. And, I mean, he's got four points in 24 games for this team, so... Um, the rookies are doing some rookies are doing a lot for this team, and some aren't uh, aren't holding their holding their part. So, um, moving down, we have the where this this division kind of drops off. Yeah, really quick. Uh, very very quick. We have the Buffalo Sabers, eleven twenty and seven. I gave them a C. Um, their disappointing player for me is Dylan Cousins. Uh, he's got 16 points in 35 games. His second year in the league, being drafted seventh overall, you expect a jump from him, um, especially playing on this um, terrible Buffalo team. I, I, he's getting top six minutes and he's not producing at all. Um, I'm hoping as him as he's Canadian, and I've watched him at the World Juniors that he sort of bounces back from this and um, gets on the right track. But it's not looking good for him right now for this year. And again, I took me a bit to find a sort of surprising player on this team, but I ended up giving it to Dalian. Um, he's been sort of like a, well, he's the first overall pick, so he's supposed to be really good, obviously. Um, this year he has 23 points in 38 games, um, six goals, 17 assists, uh, eight power play points, so he leads that unit. Um, the one thing that is kind of bad with him is a negative 13 um, plus minus, but I'm pretty sure most of this team has a negative plus minus. If I were to go through it, the first positive is Martin Pissick. He's got a two, <laughs> and he has eight points. Um, so like I said, kind of hard to find a... Uh, what am I trying to say? Disappointing? Disappointing player, but... Uh, or, no, surprising player. Oh, surprising. But I gave sorry. it to Dell. To oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, 
I'm giving the Sabres a D. Um, my surprising player is, is Tage Thompson. He's leading the team in points. Um, I mean, he hasn't. He's he's always been decent, but he's kind of he's rising his play. Obviously, it's hard to get points on a team that can't win a hockey game. So, twenty four and thirty six ain't bad. Um, my disappointing is probably the management on this team. Um, you know, your your organization is not heading in a good direction when your team isn't good, but it's also old. They have a lot of old players on this team, um, and they've just they've been so bad for so long you think over time they would have got a bunch of young guys and sort of did the it the red wings way and the senators way but it just hasn't worked out there's so many old people on this team and i don't see a bright future for this team anywhere close so management um moving on we have the auto senators uh they are 11 18 and 2 for 24 points uh with for a d for disappointing player i have tim stussel um last year he was top three in calder trophy uh votes um people expect him to take another jump and this year he has 30 games played 16 points negative 15 plus minus only five goals and usually goals is his thing mm -hmm. um he's supposed to score goals and he's just not done that at all this year um so yeah, uh, not sure what to say there, what he's gonna do, if he's gonna be able to bounce back from it. Um, but my surprising player has been Josh Norris. He's got 24 points in 30 games played. He's got 16 points, uh, seven power play goals, which leads the team, um, and it's not even really close. Next closest is Brady Chuck with four. Uh, he's, that's, he's, he's a very good player. I watched the Edmonton game against Ottawa the other night, and he, on the power play, he gets the puck and he shoots and it's either a good scoring chance or it's going in. Um, I mean, not very hard whenever on the uh, Edmonton goalies, but same time, um, I think he's a very bright, he's a very bright future on this Ottawa team. And he's kind of, I think Ottawa has a bright future in general and they're going to find it eventually. Maybe it's next year. It could be in five years, but yeah, yeah I gave Ottawa a C just because um, their future is bright. Like Noah was saying, but they also, um, they're also still losing, which is just going to make their future even brighter. Um, my surprising player is Jake Batherson, um, fourth overall pick in 2017. Um, he had a, a very good season last year uh, for someone who hasn't really come out yet. He had 34 points in 56 games, and then he combated that with he's got 30 points in 26 games this season um, and a plus five on an Ottawa Senators team that's not very good. Um, <laughs> that's loud. Uh, my disappointing player is just all Ottawa goalies. Um, they're combined 11, 18, and, and 3. Um, they're, he's looked good as of late. Since he's he looked came, good since as he came back, he has looked better. I hope he gets it back. He, he I, I feel bad for him. But, I mean, their team uh, goals against average is 3.6. Yeah, their awesome. team safe percentage is 8.93. <laughs> I know your team is bad, but you got to be better than that. That's just terrible. Uh, moving on to the team in last place in the whole league. The team was in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals last year. The Montreal Canadiens there, 7, 25, and 5 for 19 points. Yikes. I gave them a straight F. Disappointing. Uh, I said the whole team. I did too. Um, but I if I was going to pick one player, it would be Christian Dvorak. He, they gave up a first-round pick for him. First and second, I believe. I'm pretty sure the first and second-round pick for him. To Arizona, he has 12 points in 30 games. Negative 18 goal. Um, plus minus, which is the worst on the team. Um, and... <laughs> Surprising, I had none. I had no I one. I, I had literally no. But this whole team has just been—it's just been a dumpster fire, and I don't even know what to say. Like they have—they're so like in the middle. Like they have young, but then at the same time they don't have young. Yeah, I like Suzuki, <laughs> and everybody thought that all of a sudden Cole Caulfield was going to break out, and he has eight points in twenty-nine games. Like yeah. I'm basically it's not looking. It's not looking good for Montreal right now. Yeah, I'm on the same track. Like I gave the Canadians an F, surprising nobody, disappointing everybody. Um, like a lot of everybody's saying, they don't have the team 
they brought to the Stanley Cup Finals, which I, I mean, they basically they got, do. They got Suzuki, they technically got better. Suzuki, thirty-seven games, nineteen points. Drew in thirty games. He didn't even play points. in the finals. <laughs> Toffoli, twenty-six for seventeen. Anderson, twenty-six for thirteen. Like Lechnin. Gallagher, Lechnin, Hoffman, Hoffman's they've all new. played. They've all played. Caulfield's played. Romanoff, they've all played. And it's just not working out. We're not the team that made the finals last year. Um, yeah, nothing's really working out at all there. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on to the Metro. We'll start high and, and low again. Mm-hmm. The Rangers, uh, they're 25, 10, and 4, 54 points. I gave them an A. Um, disappointing, I have Alexi Lafreniere. Um, it's his second in the league. He went first That's overall. I couldn't, even, well. I couldn't even find him in the NHL.com stats. I don't know if he got sent down to the AHL or what's going on. But this year in 37 games played, he has 11 points, eight goals, three assists, negative one plus minus. But went first overall last year. Last year he had a down year, or he had, he had a bad rookie year. All people were thinking, oh, it's just it's just his first year. You know he'll come back. And obviously not. Um, for his NHL career, he's played 93 games. He has 32 points, negative eight plus minus. Um, I hope he turns it around because he was great. Um, in juniors, obviously, people are saying, oh, he's next Crosby because he played for Ramuski. Obviously, he's not looking anything <laughs> close to it. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm hoping he can turn it around, though. Um, for surprising, uh, I have Kreider. Uh, Chris Kreider's got 39, uh, 35 points in 39 games played. But the 24 goals is the thing that shocked me. I believe he's up top three or four or five, top five at least, I think, for goals um, scored this season. Um, I've always just thought of Chris Kreider being like a third, second liner who's fast and can win puck races, but obviously I'm wrong, and he's a he's a it's a goal scorer. Um, didn't really see that coming. So yeah. Um, I also have Alexi Lafreniere as my disappointing, so I don't really have to talk about that. Um, I gave the Rangers an A plus because I think everybody sort of expected the Rangers to be good, but not this good. I think people were expecting them to kind of be. Uh, a three seed maybe in this division um, maybe a two seed but they're playing very well right now um, I'll just talk about my surprising guy which is Igor Shesterkin um, I mean he had a 16 14 and 3 record last year and he's following that up with a 17 4 and 2 record this year with a 9 point basically 4 uh, save percentage and a 1.99 goals against average he's playing unreal um, and he's really solidified himself as the number one goalie for this team. Um, moving on, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. They are 25-8-2 for 52 points. I also gave him an A. My disappointing player is Cal Niemi. Um, they paid him 6.12, 6 point whatever mil. And 35 games, he's got 16 points, 7 goals, 9 assists. Um, he's got an even plus minus, but him being a third overall pick two years ago, um, obviously he did not pan out in um, Montreal, so maybe they thought giving him a, a change of scenery would sort of change um, his thing and he'd sort of break out, but obviously he hasn't. Um, so I think he's, I don't know what will happen this offseason with him. He's definitely not going to get six mil again from another team. No. Whether the Canes re-signed to a smaller deal and they use him as like a third-line center, who knows. But as of right now, I would put him into the bust sort of category, going third overall. But my surprising player is going to be former New York Ranger Tony D'Angelo. He got cut because of locker room issues last year. And in 28 games, he's got 25 points. Uh, or in 28 games, he's got 25 points. He's got a 10 plus minus. He, uh, I watched a couple Carolina games. He's that main defense on the first powerful unit with guys like Aho and Sveshnikov. Um, he's been hurt a bit. He hasn't played all the games. But, it, you know, going from getting cut from a team last year, not being able to find a t- home and getting signed for like under two mil this year. Um, he's pretty surprising going on that Hurricanes blue line. Um, I also gave the Hurricanes an A+, plus just as my Ranger, just as I did for the Rangers. Um, I'm finding for most of these teams I'm picking a goalie and I'm keeping it the same for the Hurricanes as my surprising player is Freddie Anderson. Um, I, I know for the Leafs he was a good goalie, but last year for the Leafs he played 24 games, had a 2.96 goals against and a 0.89 uh, safe percentage. He's following that up this season with a Vesna uh, candidate season, going 19 and six with a 
2.928 save percentage and a uh, 2.03 goals against. So he's really turned uh, his career around just from last year with all the injuries in the Leafs and, and the down season. People were wondering if he was maybe getting up there in age and the age was affecting him, but it seems like it's not. My disappointing player has to be Jordan Stahl, team captain. 33 games, 10 points, two goals, negative two in the plus minus. I was looking through this team's plus minus because they've been so hot recently and their record's so good. And he was the first person I saw with a negative rating and he's supposed to be your team captain. So I had to to him. Uh, on mine, I switched Pittsburgh and Capitals because Pittsburgh technically ahead of the Caps right now. You had to give that one to yourself. Who do you, who right? do you wanna, who We do you can wanna... talk about Pittsburgh. Okay, we'll talk about Pittsburgh. Um, next, moving on. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are 23, 10, and 5 for 51 points. I gave an A. Uh, my disappointing player is going to be Jason Zucker. Um, two years ago, they traded him for a first-round pick, um, and he has not been very good um, in that role. Um, being a Penguins fan, I watch every game. He's kind of he got, kind of seems gets lost out there. He tries very hard, but he just can't score. Um, <laughs> this year. Sounds like me over In there. 31 games, he's got six goals, seven assists, 13 points. He actually had a two-goal um, game uh, last night in his first game back after being hurt. Um, another player I considered would be captain. Last offseason, they gave up a, a first-round pick. Um, he hasn't really been that. He has had good chemistry with Malkin, but Malkin's obviously been hurt this year. He's only played four games. And then my surprising player, I actually have two. I have Evan Rodriguez, who in 38 games has 30 points. Already set career highs in points, goals, and assists um, with 15 goals, 15 assists for 30 points. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he's making under a million dollars. Nobody really thought he was going to be this good. And then my second uh, surprise would be Tristan Jari. Um, I said to Brandon last year, I think I'm the only Pens fan that still has still had faith in Jari <laughs> after his playoffs. And that faith has been restored in most Penguins fans this year. He's got a 2.08 goals against average and a 9.28 save percentage. He's definitely up there, top five for um, Besna candidacy again. Um, 20, 38 games played. He's got, or 30 games played, not 38. He's got 19 wins, seven losses, um, and four OT games. Um, yeah, lots of Pens fans were calling for uh, a change this offseason, and I don't think, I always say they, st- they believed in him, and that was the right call so far. Um, yeah, my answers are basically the exact same as Noah's, and for this team, I'm okay with that because if you get the same answers as a Penguins fan about the Penguins, you're doing all right. I gave them an A. I, I know the general public keeps wondering what year they're going to fall, and um, it doesn't seem to come. Every year, people are wondering, and, and they just over, I wouldn't say overperform, but they definitely. Uh, they definitely didn't start off too hot. No, but they keep it going. Um, my disappointing guy has got to be Leafs legend Casper Kapanen. <laughs> like Noah was saying, um, they gave up a lot to get him. And recently he's been playing good. I know that because Noah sends me a text every time this guy gets on the score sheet. Um, like Noah was saying, now that Malkin's back, his, uh, his, poto- his point totals might come back, but hasn't been looking good so far. And then my surprising guy, like Noah said, was Evan Rodriguez. Um, 30 points in 38 games from someone who had 15 points his last two seasons combined is pretty good (laughs) (laughs) uh moving on to the capitals they are 21 9 and 9 with 51 points uh i gave them an a minus or b plus my disappointing it was really hard again for me to find because this team's just like such an average not average team they're above average um so i just kind of threw a shot in the dark and gave it to backstrom just because he can't stay healthy this year um he's got six games played and he's got five points in those games. Um, kind of hard. I don't really have much to say to him because he hasn't played much. Um, my surprising, it shouldn't really be a surprise to me, but it's going to be 36-year-old Alex Ovechkin. 39 games played, 26 points, 28 assists, 54 points. Um, he just doesn't, he, he doesn't want to slow down. Um, it's kind of making me just, <laughs> just disagree with my early, later points of saying how he doesn't, he's not going to be Gretzky's goal record. Uh, do you still if, think if, that i'm gonna stick to it but if you keep playing like this for the next three four years he's got it he's got it easily um it's, like i said it shouldn't be a surprise that he's my surprising player but he's my surprising player 
Um, I also gave the Capitals an A just because, sort of like the Penguins, it's every year, it's, are these guys going to fall off? And then it's like, no, they're not going to. And again, this year, they're definitely not. Um, I was on the same sort of track as Noah's. I couldn't find anyone that was disappointing. This team's playing really well recently, and they're getting con uh, contributions from a lot of different people. Um, so I'll just move to my surprising player, who's uh, Ilya Samsonov. Um, he spent some time in the AHL and NHL last year, bouncing back and forth. But this year, 13-4-3, um, uh, basically 900 save percentage. His goal's against a little high, 2.77. Um, but I mean, he's finding ways to win, which is all that matters as a goalie. And, uh, he's kind of come out of nowhere. He was good. He was pretty good last year, but I mean, he's definitely taken a jump this year as a starting goalie. So for sure. Uh, moving on to the Blue Jacks where this division this sort of drops drop off. off real quick. Um, Blue Jacks are 17, 18 and one for 35 points. I gave them a C. Uh, my disappointing player is Jack Rosovic. Um, last year getting... We're green and everything. Like that. Uh, he requested a trade from Winnipeg, and he looked very good in the short season last year. This year, he's got 16 points in 35 games played, six goals, 10 assists, negative four. Um, I just expect a, a bit more from him. He's still a young player, um, as he's only 24. Um, first round pick in 2015. Um, I, like I said, I, I haven't been able to watch very many Blue Jackets games, but um, just based off point totals, it, it's telling me that he's been pretty. Um, disappointing um my uh what am, I, what am i gonna say surprising thank you surprising player um hard again to pick one but i ended up going with uh alexander texier uh i didn't even know this guy's name before the season started i'm <laughs> uh, not gonna lie uh he was a second round pick in 2017 he's only 22 so he's got um more years to grow um but being i think he's third in points in team as a 22 year old where he's only he's just barely played over 100 games, um, 11 goals, nine assists, and he's got a positive plus minus, which is uh, the f out of the top like six guys in their team. It's the only he's the only one with a positive plus minus. He's got to be doing something right when he's on the ice. Um, he's not really my surprising player, but he's sort of like my bright spot on that team. If you were to say that, <coughs> yeah, I gave uh, the Blue Jackets a D, um, just because their team again isn't very good and they're still uh midway in the standing so their draft pick won't even be that uh, that good my disappointing team my disappointing player is also jack rosalick um if you looked prior to last year um and just think of the throw-in that he was um thought of uh if you just looked at that and said he had 16 points in 35 games you wouldn't think that's too bad but then with the season he had last year um for Columbus, uh, I think people wanted a little bit more from him. And then keeping with the goalies, my surprising player is going to be Elvis Merlis Lincolns. Um, his first year in the league, obviously, he was he was pretty good. Um, reminds me of the series against the Maple Leafs, but we won't talk about it. And then last year, he had a, a very down season. And this year, he sort of brought it back a little bit, 13-9-1. and one. Um, His goals against average is not very good. But again, the team's... Uh, not very good, so it makes sense. Um, but he's winning ho more hockey games than he's losing. He's got a, so. he's got a positive record. So. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, moving on to the Devils. Disappointing Devils. We have yeah, we, everybody <laughs> thought they were going to take a jump this year. Uh, 14, 18, and 5 for 33 points. I gave him a C-. minus. My disappointing player is Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, 3.24. You, <laughs> you, you just start going first. <laughs> hey, we have the same surprising player, too. Oh, um, 3.24 goals against oh, average. Don't even have to talk. 898 now. save Holy percentage. Um, he's a 20. He's a 25 year old goalie. People were including him in the their NHL Olympic roster as the third or second, even second goalie in some cases. He was so highly talked about last year. Exactly. Too. People thought he was going to keep getting better, and he, we thought that he was going to be that back backbone to the Devils, um, starting to contend for the playoffs. But he has just not been good. He's got a nine eight record. Like I said, three point two four with an eight nine eight. Yeah, um, not what you really want out of your young um, starting goalie. And the surprising player that me and Brandon both have <laughs> is Jesper Bratt. He's leading the team in points by ten points, um, with players like Nico Heischer and Austin Mercer and Tatar and Hughes and even Pavel Zaka. You wouldn't expect Jesper Bratt to be leading them. He's got thirty two points in thirty four games, um, plus five point differential with ten goals, twenty two assists. Um, I remember he scored a game-winning overtime goal last year against Pittsburgh, and I just haven't liked him since. So, 
Still don't like him, but he's a 23-year-old, and he looks very bright. He was a six, sixth-round pick. pick, as we just read. Um, he's only 23, and he's already starting to break out this year. Uh, I think this guy has a bright future for the for the Devils. What would you give them, your ranking, your yeah, rating? A C-minus. A C-minus. I also gave them a C-minus. Look at so us. We were identical Look at us. In this. So I don't even have to talk, really. Um, I also have Mackenzie Blackwood and Yes for Brad. Um, and a C-minus. Uh, the Devils are definitely... Uh, trending in the right direction they're getting better and better each year and they're getting younger and their younger stars are starting to look a little bit better so that's all i got on that you <laughs> do you want to go first on this one well do you the have players? my people no i don't actually. okay good then go i have ahead. one of your players but it's flipped then go oh really yeah wow. um for the flyers that uh, they are 13 18 and 7 for 33 points i gave him a d minus disappointing i have two i have keith yandel and rasmus ristolainen they were their two big um acquisitions this year other than Cam Atkinson. They revamped their decor, sending Goss to spare out, um, brought in Ellis, and they were expected to be a good decor. But I, having watched Pittsburgh play the Sabres, Rasmus line is easily one of the worst defenses in the league, and they gave a, their first-round pick this year for him. So Buffalo's going to have um, two top ten picks, assuming this year. Um, if they don't trade him or something stupid, she never know. It's Buffalo. Uh, I think my computer's broken. Nice. You back? <laughs> Let me just try to pull this up again. I was trying to find stats, and my computer wasn't letting me scroll. That's not good. Oh, yeah, I'm back. Okay, we're back. Um, talking about Rasmus Linen, in 34 games, he's got one goal, seven assists, eight points, negative 11, plus minus. He's always been terrible, plus minus wise. Um, and then where is the other guy here? Figured out, man. Keith Yandel, found him. 38 games played, zero goals, 13 assists, or 13 points, negative 21 plus minus. He's always been an offensive defenseman. He's the number one defense on that number one unit, and he has zero goals and a negative 21 goal differential. Obviously, he's a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm struggling to talk right now. No, he's, he's a liability on <laughs> a defense. Liability. And as a defenseman, quite if you're a liability on defense, there's something wrong. Um, and then my surprise. If you're a liability on defense, you got to put up points. My surprising player is actually going to be Carter Hart. And people might think, oh, he's not surprised. He can't be surprised. He's got a negative uh, win loss. But coming from his stats from last year, um, this year he has a 2.94 and a 911 save. Um, pretty sure both his save percentage was in the 800s last year and his goals against the average was like over 3.5 um so he's obviously improved mightily in that um it's kind of hard whenever your two top defensemen have both over minus 10 plus minuses there's something going on there um so i think it's kind of been surprising he's been able to have good decent numbers while his defense core in front of him has been just putrid that's a good point, because um, I have Carter Hart as my de- <laughs> disappointing player, but maybe take it from you more. You watch this division a little bit more. Um, I gave the Flyers an F uh, just because, again, um, they were projected to be decent, and they've been terrible this year. Um, they're on an eight-game losing good. streak. <laughs> it's not looking good, um, really. Yeah, the only reason I, I picked Carter Hart is because, I mean, he's still young, so obviously he can turn it around, and normally it takes goalies a little bit longer, but he was just so highly talked about and hasn't really worked out yet um i'm hoping he does turn it around my surprising player is cam atkinson at the young age of 32 he's uh put up 28 points in 38 games for the flyers this year uh which is almost uh, that's six less points than he put up last year um but one of the big things was he's a plus six not many teams on this team are positive not many teams on this team. Not many players on this team are positive. I and mean, he's got 15 goals. So he's, uh, for Cam Atkinson to be almost a point of game player, uh, that's pretty good for a guy like him. Definitely more, definitely getting more than they thought they were going to get out of him. Um, finally, the another final team, team, another very disappointing <laughs> team, um, the New York Islanders. I love to see it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure fan. you do. They're 12, 13, and 6. They haven't played as many games because they had a COVID outbreak. Um, 30 points. I gave him a D minus. Disappointing. I have Kyle Palmieri. Last year they gave up a lot at the deadline. In 25 game played, he has one goal, six assists for seven points. Um, pretty sure. I don't know how much he signed for. Is it say in there how much he's making? No, you didn't. You don't, you don't I don't have. Much. I don't have Palmieri. Um, and he's got a negative 11 point differential. Um, this team just hasn't been very good at all. 
and he's uh, getting top six minutes, and he gets paid a decent amount, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Can... But I don't feel like he makes, like, four and a half. Four and a half, <laughs> yeah. I'll search it up. You can just search it up. You can talk about Sorokin, because he's my surprising, too. Oh, he's your surprising as well? I also gave this team an F just because... Um, F? Yeah, an F rating, just because they were projected uh, to be even better than the Flyers, and they're one of the worst teams in the NHL. Um, so me and Noel both have I mean, Ilya the conference finals last Yeah, really. Year. They're a good team. He gets five, five mil a year to get seven points. Yikes. So we both have Elias Roken uh, as our surprising player. Um, for a team as bad as this to have a positive win-loss ratio um, is pretty remarkable, along with a 9.27 save percentage and a 2.37 goals against. Isn't bad for a team as bad as this. And uh, he's definitely a one bright spot on their team. My disappointing player's got to be the captain, Anders Lee. Um, 12 points in 26 games. He obviously had a terrible injury last year, missing the playoffs. Um, and he was supposed to be a big boost to this team coming back. And it just hasn't really worked out uh, the way I think fans and Anders Lee and the team was hoping it would. Oh, yeah, I guess we're moving to football. So uh, that wraps up our, our Metro and our Atlantic East division. Um, so our guest is great because he's in he's in Sudbury, so he can't be here live with us. But uh, we're going to get him on the call if to talk a little bit about football. Yeah, oh, he, he, <laughs> he did, did pick up. up. So uh, we're moving along to Sunday. We hope you guys over there can Saturday. hear us. Saturday, Saturday's football game, sorry, over the weekend. Um like we said earlier, Noah, you went five for six? No, it was only five games. I went four for five. Oh, you went four for five, and I went five for five. Um, obviously, as you get farther into the rounds, there's less games, but the games are uh, a lot closer. The, the, I saw the, the <laughs> point differential was like 17 points. The point di- There was a lot of blowouts. That's, it, was so, I was it was so boring. It was okay. pretty boring. Brayden, uh-huh. how are you? I'm good. That's it? Just good? We like to hear it. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, there's not much to it. I'm just good. Uh, that's always good. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. Very interesting. Like, all like all the teams that I knew that were going to, like, going to be victorious, like, did. But also, like, you had games that were, you know, thought that they were going to be, like, massacres. And then, then it turns out to be pretty back-to-back. And, um... Like, especially with, like, the Bills game, too, because, like, that was a blowout. That yeah. was a blowout. That was just... <laughs> that was bad. So what was what was your game of the weekend? Game of the weekend would have to be... Uh, uh, I'd probably do the San Fran-Dallas game. That's a good pick, for sure. Definitely. It's between, it's either, it was either between that game or the Bengals-Raiders. What do you think of the play call at the end of the Cowboys game? So what was the play call again? Because I had to do something with the ref. Because fourteen seconds. Because Dallas, because Dak walked up to the line with the ball, and then, and then, but the ref had to touch it in order to set it. Yeah. So there's fourteen seconds left. They got no timeouts. They're in a QB draw, and then once the play ends, the the line judge always has to touch the ball and put it in the right spot first before you can snap the ball. But Dak didn't know that, so instead of trying to find the ref, he just put the ball down and tried to snap it. So the ref then gets in his way because he has to touch it by rule um, to down the ball and start the next play, and then the clock runs out and Dallas loses. Yeah, okay, that's okay, good. But, <laughs> good. The, <laughs> but, I'm, but it's fair because that's what that's the rules, and unfortunately it's not backyard football. You don't set it yourself, right? Yeah. So, yep, you know, sure. you got... He, he should have thought of that. Like, Dak should have known that as an experienced veteran quarterback you're not wrong yeah definitely i'm no i'm not like, <laughs> that's, why, that's why dallas that's why dallas lost now also dallas couldn't get anything going but man like san fran played pretty good otherwise yeah. san playing san fran played very well yeah. um so moving on to this week um our, in order this time. Yeah, our first game is uh, Saturday. We have the Bengals and the Titans. Uh, Titans obviously being the one seed coming off a bye, and the Bengals. Six seed. The Bengals. Nope. No, the Bengals is the four seed, seed uh, beating out the Raiders last week in a relatively close game. 
one of the closer games of the week. Yeah. Braden, who do you have be- winning between the Bengals or Titans? I think I won because the Bengals did play a pretty – they played pretty well. And you know what? They're on a hot streak. Like, like they're just pumped – like, they're just pumping it out and, you know. But also, is Derrick Henry coming back? He's supposed to. I think there's no way he's, there's no way he can be a hundred percent though. He won't be a hundred, no. But he's supposed to play. Yeah. So you have that. <sighs> Man. I don't know. <laughs> I might go. I think I might. I'm just gonna go Bengals for a little bit of a bold prediction. I'll do it. It's not very bold. I'm gonna. I'm gonna join you. I, I think. I think that they can do it, but also they have to stop the run game if Henry plays. But like you said. He may not even be a hunter. He might only be out there for half his snaps. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a very bold pick or in in this video at least because uh, I look it over and I I see Bewell's answer and I'm going Bengals. Uh, I'm going with the hot hand. Uh, I think the Titans sitting off. I don't think the Titans are actually as good as their record was. Me I don't neither. think they're. I, I I just don't see it. Um, I don't think Tannehill's that good of a quarterback. I don't think their defense was as good as really they could. And I, the Bengals are riding the hot hand right now. Joe Burrow. Um, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, that defense was uh, played very well against the Raiders. Um, so I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going Bengals. Um, yeah, I'm also going to go Bengals. Um, I was going to go Titans uh, because the Bengals, um, they can make some wild plays sometimes in their defense. Uh, their defense isn't the greatest to stop uh, the mistakes when, when the Bengals offense does make those mistakes. But they look the Bengals defense looked great last week. And like Noah was saying, um, I think the Titans are a little overrated. Um, Derrick Henry would be the my only cause for concern for the Titans winning this game. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry has the power to win any game, any week. But as of right now, the Bengals are rolling, and I'm going to stick with them. So that's three for the Bengals. That's we all have the upset. Three. Yeah, we all have an upset. Moving into a game. Saturday uh, night. Saturday night game that should be, I think it should be a good game. Uh, we have San Francisco versus the Packers. Obviously, in um, past years, the 49ers have had the Packers number going back to the NFC Championship game two years ago uh, where the 49ers defeated the Packers. I believe it was in Green Bay, too, if I'm not wrong. I, I could be wrong on that. Um, I don't know. It wasn't. It was in San Fran. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say this is gonna be the year that the Packers finally slay the beast and (laughs) beat the Forty Niners. Um, so I'm gonna go Packers. I just think they're too good. I think Aaron Rodgers, um, is obviously arguably the the MVP of the year. Um, they have the best receiver in uh, Devontae Adams in the game right now. They have a two headed monster at running back with AJ Dillon and. Uh, Aaron Jones and their defense actually played very well this year last year um, and even in past years they didn't have a very strong defense um, the corner their rookie corner Eric Stokes and then pair him with one of the top five corners in the game in G.I.R. Alexander um, the Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk should be covered uh, relatively then you got Kenny Clark Zadarius Smith is he back yet Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander are both supposed both to be supposed back to okay perfect yeah. um, Zadarius Smith Kenny Clark Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell had a very, very good season. Then you have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. It's a pretty good Packers defense, which we haven't been able to say that in a while. Um, obviously, San Francisco has a, a great D as well with Nick Bosa um, coming back. And then that Fred Warner could be the best linebacker in the game. Well, they're both um, supposed to be. They're both they're iffy. They're both, yeah, they're both iffy. Uh, they're, two best they're, players, two best they're both iffy. They're two best defensive players. They're both iffy. That's, yeah. Sorry, I kind of summed everything up there. No, that's perfect. That's also why I'm going with the Packers. Um, I mean, San Fran has always had the Packers numbers, like Noah said. Um, but this time it's in Lambeau. Uh, you can never project the weather a week ahead. But it's supposed to be a snow game. If you look at the weather right now, it's supposed to feel like minus like 15 or something like that. It's supposed to be a snow game at Lambeau. Um like we were talking about before, the Packers are getting a lot of pieces back while San Fran had some pieces go down last week and iffy for this week. Um, so that all helps the Packers. I think this is the year as well that they break through. Brayden? Um, I have to agree with you guys too. Uh, like, I San think Fran. this is where the Packers <laughs> we're final. Next season, fine. Been, you, you know, I like to see them. Oh, I would like to see them in the Super Bowl over Brady, to be honest. 
but you know that's a but they're looking they're looking better than they did last year and you know Rodgers is chasing that MVP title so it's gonna be a good one but it's not gonna be an easy one that's for sure so you're going Packers you're going Packers yeah. as well perfect okay yeah. Sunday afternoon game um should be a very good game as well yeah uh Rams who look great against the Cardinals obviously the Cardinals looked pretty pretty they, it was putrid. Um, and then the the reigning Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this one's a coin flip. You could go either way, but I'm going to go with Brady over Stafford in this one. Um, the Bucks look very good in the first three quarters of that Eagles game. They kind of, I think they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal in that fourth quarter and sort of let the Eagles sort of um, jump into this the game, make it a bit more interesting than it already was. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, what's the word? I'm so bad. I, I have the no words. No, I'm gonna go with uh, experience. Oh, experience. Braided experience over. It's been a while. Stafford, Stafford's five, five, fifth game. So uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, first opposite pick the in this podcast, and I'm gonna go uh, the LA Rams. If you asked me this before last weekend, I would have said Bucks, but just from what I saw last week, that was, um, that was last night for us. Last night for us, I guess. Um, the Bucks had the way with Philly, but you kind of expected that. The Rams, it was uh, supposed to be a close game. The Rams just... Uh, I made this It wasn't even... Half-time. They rammed through. I made the script <laughs> at halftime because I, I was just like, okay, it was I, so I'm just, just going to say the LA Rams are going to win because they look so much better. And then it, it, the, the reason why I'm picking the Rams is because through the first half, which is where most of the damage was done, basically, Cooper Cup had one catch at half for five yeah. yards. Um, OBJ team. went off. Uh, Cam Akers went off. He looks. He looks. Cam great. Akers looks really good, and I'm happy I didn't trade him in fantasy. <laughs> and then, I mean, you still got Sony Michelle who got a touchdown. Von Miller, Higby, Higby, Aaron Donald, Aaron Jalen Donald. Ramsey. They're just a scary team, and they played really well uh, last night for us. A um, couple days ago for you guys, and if they can continue that momentum, I can't. I I think they can pull off the upset for sure. Braden, what are your thoughts on this game? This is a good one because they both have two good spelling defenses and their offense is more than miraculous. But if the I words, have to the put, big boy words out of Braden. I know. <laughs> if I had to pick who would win, I'd probably go with the Bucks. Just Boo. like Boo. it's it's Brady, man. Like you you just you don't you don't take down the goat like you don't. And I'm leaving it at that. That's a Case. fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, okay. All you gotta say is Tom Brady. Don't bet against yeah, Tom yeah. Brady. You never can bet against Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> uh, going into the final game Sunday evening, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship. We have the Bills versus the Chiefs. Um, I am going Chiefs um, again from last year. Uh, it took them about a quarter for their offense to wake up against the Steelers. Uh, they they got that. They got the pick and they got the fumble for six, and people were thinking, "Oh my God, the Chiefs or the Steelers might do this." Um, but then Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Kelsey all locked in, and they put their foot on the gas and did not take it off. Um, they looked like the Chiefs in that game. They looked like the Chiefs' offense. We know they looked like the Chiefs' defense that we kind of knew. Um, they can be a bit iffy. So the only way that the the only way I see the Bills really um, winning this game that they is if the Chiefs' defense just becomes what the Chiefs' defense was at the start of the year, where they look terrible. Yeah, again, um, if you asked me before this last past weekend, my answer might have been different. But after watching the first playoff games from each team, I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. Um, like Noah said, the Chiefs' offense took a little over a quarter to get going, and that's kind of been the story of their season was their offense not being able to go a full game which is not something you've been able to say with the Chiefs um, in the past number of years but if the Chiefs offense isn't going this whole game um, I think they're going to lose because the Bills from what they've been showing is that their offense is going to go all game and Josh Allen looked really good last week Um, their defense looked really good against the Patriots and if they can keep that up that will help them obviously um it's in Kansas City, which is, uh, I mean, something the Bills have, have already seen, so that shouldn't be a problem. And uh, I got the Bills, just in case Evan watches this podcast. So, 
Bill's Mafia, baby. Brayden, are you gonna make your roommate happy or are you gonna make him mad? Yeah, I'm making him happy. I'm going with the Bills. Like, <laughs> the game that they played Saturday night was, was beautiful. Like, the, it was well executed. Um, barely any penalty calls. They, and they're, most of their own line is back. So that's giving Josh Allen more time to make, make good decisions, either throw the ball or vice versa. So, and the defense is just, like, like they just don't like nothing's slowing down. Like and once and once the offense gets rolling for Buffalo, holy shit, boys, you better watch out. <laughs> you better watch out because when you get hit with the right hook, oh, right hook hits you hard. That it does. That it does. <laughs> oh, okay, I think that'll actually wrap it up today. Brayden, you have any more last words before we end this episode? No comment. <laughs> okay, you heard it here. Uh, that'll do it for it, guys. If you enjoyed, like, subscribe. Check out our TikTok, uh, TikTok. and our Instagram. Uh, Brayden, say goodbye. Goodbye. Peace out. Later.